Vision Edge gives you less eye strain and reduced damage caused by blue light. We like to call Vision Edge sunscreen for the eye. It all starts with your highest level of visual performance, only achievable through scientifically proven Vision Edge. Welcome to the Open Your Eyes podcast. I'm Dr. Kerry Geld, the host of the documentary Open Your Eyes. Please visit the film's website at openyoureyes2020.com, featuring interviews with more than 50 optometrists from around the country sharing information on eye care and eye disease. If you like our interviews, press like, subscribe, share, and hit the bell to get notifications of great new interviews. Also, please leave comments. Deuterium is a rare type of heavy hydrogen that's mostly unknown by the general public. Deuterium occurs in nature with the purpose of helping things grow. However, too much deuterium in your cells can result in fatigue, premature aging, metabolic problems, and increased risk of serious disease. Today's guest, Dr. Q Collins, PhD, is a world expert on how to remove deuterium from cells. His goal is to prevent 1 million people from getting cancer over the next three years, help 10,000 cancer patients achieve better outcomes, and train 10,000 doctors on the science of deuterium depletion. Dr. Collins is the co-founder and principal investigator at the Center for Deuterium Depletion located in Los Angeles, California. The first clinic in the world to use deuterium and tracer technologies to describe and follow athletic performance, as well as health status of patients with metabolic disorders such as cancer, diabetes, and autoimmune disorders. Welcome, Dr. Collins. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Gillip. I appreciate it. I really appreciate you being here with me. I do have to ask you this. From my research, I found that there's been four Nobel Prizes associated with deuterium. Is that correct? Yeah, it's been four Nobel Prizes, the first one in the 1930s, and the last one two years ago for the nanomotor itself. Look, it's... It's very confusing to people. What exactly is deuterium? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, I, I love that because it gets to be a very geeky word. And so what I think of it is there are, there are um, hydrogen, which is the smallest element that we have on the periodic table, that H, part of that H2O, like water. Hydrogen, think of it as having three cousins. And so you have tritium, which is the type of hydrogen you make a bomb with. Everybody knows what that is. You have deuterium, which is the thing that gets you fat, and then you have regular hydrogen. And so if you think of deuterium, you just want to call it heavy hydrogen. And it's just like, you're, it's like having a, a, a tall or big cousin. It weighs twice as much because it has one extra neutron in it. And that, again, another, another geeky word, but just think of it as a, a Lego that's twice as big. But what if we get too much of this deuterium in the cells versus hydrogen, how does that affect our energy and our mitochondria? Well, it's a great question. So, so the mitochondria is people, you know, it's the one thing we learned from high, from high school, mitochondria are the powerhouses of your cell, uh, right? Power, that's what makes all of your energy, your, your cellular energy in your body, which is called ATP. Now, in your mitochondria, you have millions and billions of mitochondria but inside each mitochondria, there are tiny little motors. So you can think of a, 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 almost as a mitochondria as being a big power plant that has a lot of different engines in it. Those engines are called nanomotors, which means very small motors. The way your body makes energy, it takes the food you eat, and it really, we always talk about proteins and carbohydrates and fats, but really what your body does, it takes the hydrogens out of those carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, and it strips those hydrogens off, and those hydrogens go into your mitochondria, they, and they flow past these nanomotors inside, and think of a nanomotor, they look like turbines, so like, like, you're, like a water turbine or a windmill, or, or a wind turbine. And as the hydrogens go past it, it turns these wheels, and as these wheels turn faster and faster, they make more energy. So instead of electricity with water passing by, it makes energy. Now the problem is, a these deuteriums are twice as big as a hydrogen, right? So you can imagine if something, and these, these nanomotors turn anywhere from 5,000 to 9,000 revolutions per minute. So that's faster than a Corvette engine. 
faster than a jet engine. So when you add something that's twice as, he as heavy, it breaks these nanomotors. And when it breaks the nanomotors, that means you can't make ATP, you can't make energy. So as you, make, as you have more and more deuterium, you break more and more nanomotors and you have less and less energy. So it's, it's a very vicious cycle. So we get energy from food, but we also get energy from the sun, yes. from infrared light. Now, do we get more energy from the sun or do we get more energy from food? Yeah. It's, not, it's not close. So if, if, so if we, in our modern times, most of our energy comes from, comes from, comes, comes from food. So if you look at, at, at a, you eat about three pounds of food, three and a half pounds of food a day, and you make about 70 pounds of energy. So think about that. So from three and a half pounds of food, you, you make 70 pounds of energy and about 3,000 gallons of water. And that, that's the water that's used up, those hydrogen and oxygen that are used up in all the biochemical uh, things that you do. Now, when it talks about the energy you get from the sun and the energy that you also get from sound waves and light frequencies, it's, it's, it's not that they make energy directly. What they're able to do is take that energy and they transfer that energy to the bonds in hydrogen, bonds in your water, right? And that energy is then taken into your mitochondria and that makes it easier for, it makes it easier for the nanomotors to turn. So that's really, it's not that sunlight makes energy directly, it allows your body to make more energy than it would without light. Now, the, the type of water that's being made in the cells, if it gets thicker and more gummy, does that mean that there's more deuterium? Yeah, so the, cell, the things that are made in cells, the interesting part is your cells only make water that doesn't have deuterium in it. That's all your cells make. But the food you eat and the water you drink, that puts the deuterium into your body. So your body doesn't make deuterium-laden water inside your mitochondria because your mitochondria will break first, right? I just said those nanomotors will break. And so if those nanomotors can't turn, then it can't let the turn into those cells, into the inside the mitochondria, if you follow me, mm -hmm. okay? So your body doesn't make the tear, your body doesn't want to make any of this stuff. It all comes from outside and what you consume. Now, the manager of the Minnesota Twins, Rocco Bordelli, he has a mitochondrial disease. Yeah. And is it because there's a deuterium issue that he has this disease? So there's two ways. There, the, the answer is, so a when we think about mitochondrial diseases, we're getting better and better at understanding it. So if you look at cancer, diabetes, a lot of eye disease, they actually are mitochondrial diseases. So because they're all metabolic disorders. But yes, so there are two really types. There's genetic mitochondrial a genetic disorder where you where you're going to have what he may have which is means certain enzymes in your metabolic pathways aren't there and don't work and so that means your mitochondria therefore can't use all the foods you're eating so maybe it only can depend on carbohydrates and and eating sugars and as we know <laughs> once you get a mitochondria you eating too many, many sugars is just going to make things worse now, as we get older, the interesting part is that we all get metabolic disease, the same mitochondria disease, we all get it. As we get older, our mitochondria stop working. It's just like, we, just like we can't run as fast as we used to or, or swim as fast, our mitochondria don't work as well as we get older. A lot of that is genetically coded. So I do believe as, we learn, as we're learning more, when we talk about mitochondrial disease, it really is just some people get it earlier than others. So we get, we get energy from the sun, infrared light. Uh, how about grounding? Does that give us energy? So grounding, is, when we think about grounding, grounding allows the energy to flow better. That's really what grounding does. So if you're able to have a circuit and you're able to protect that circuit, it must be grounded so the energy can move and the energy can move to where it needs to be and, let's, and so you're grounded like a battery in a circle. The interesting thing about grounding is we talk a lot about grounding. 
The problem is that when you have radio waves and, uh, and, 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 and if you have internet, if you have an internet connection, now you're gonna love this. If you have an internet connection, you can look at your cell phone, you can't ground yourself outside because those waves stop it. So it's, it's such an interesting concept and that grounding is good for you, except in the, play, in the way that we live now in the modern world, you can't be grounded unless you go to a beach and you're in the sun and you're, at, or, you're or you, if you wanna get grounded, go to some place that doesn't, that you can't get a telephone signal. How about that? Are there any other types of ways that we get energy other than those types? Well, yeah, I mean, again, when you think of energy, don't think of, of, of grounding sunlight and those things are providing you energy. What they do is allow you to make energy better. So the only way that we really get energy is from the food we consume. That's where we get 90% of our energy. Otherwise, we could sit in the sun all day and not have to eat or, or gain weight <laughs> instead of getting darker, right, by sitting in the sun, but it doesn't work that way. So it is something that makes it more efficient, which is also the reason why people, as you, as, as why you eat less in the summertime, because it's, when you're outside, it's going to allow you to be more efficient than, and, and use the energy that you have better than if it's dark and you're inside. So that's really the way it works. So with the astronauts now planning on going to Mars, there's eight times more, from what I understand, eight times more deuterium on Mars than on the Earth. How is that going to affect the astronaut's body, especially like bones? Yeah, so it's really, you know, we were working on a project with, um, on, a, on a project with, the, for the Mars project, uh, both using, this, using ketogenic diets, which are low deuterium diets is really what a ketogenic diet is. And then using deuterium depleted water, now oxygen water, oxygenated water. Uh, because it is very, very interesting. Because as you go, as they do, first they've got to make it there, and there's a lot of radiation that's going to happen. So you've got to protect the astronauts from radiation going there. Uh, and so they're we're, they're even thinking about having the having them protected with water, which is all these interesting interesting concepts. But once they get there. It is a very dangerous thing on the amount of deuterium being higher. So we have to make sure that they're, that we maximize all of the ways that you can deplete deuterium. And a lot of the things you already talked about, Dr. Gill, uh, we've got to make sure that they maximize their ability to sleep, we've got, which is where you remove deuterium. We have to make sure that we maximize their ability to excrete, urinate, and defecate. Another, again, a way you get rid of a lot of your deuterium through your poop and your pee, that they're able to breathe. So all the, they're really being maximized for all these things that we consider lifestyles, but we like to call them health styles now, and even doing the right kind of exercises. So if they're able to do that, then they'll be able to deplete deuterium and return to earth and be healthy. The problem is if they can't, then it's going to be a very interesting, uh, it's going to be very difficult for them to actually make it back to earth uh, to come here and live again. Um, it would be, it's, it's, you know, if, uh, if any of you are Star Trek fans, you'll see they talk about deuterium a lot on Star Trek. And that's when they talk about tachyons and all. This is really, they're just talking about deuterium and pieces of deuterium. And so that's what really powers this, the spaceships in Star Trek. So that they get rid of all these things, and it's it's amazing that Gene Roddenberry even thought about this. But that's you'll notice that everything is tuned for them to excrete, to sleep perfectly, to do these brain exercises, and all these things to get rid of the deuterium. And all the deuterium they get rid of, they use to power their ship. So interesting. And are they going to be using special water when they're? going to Mars that, that's, well, that has no deuterium in it? Well, we, at first, I think that, that was what the plan was, maybe to try to do that. And, um, uh, but now I'm, I'm, I'm really going to make the recommendations. One of the things that was done at the Center for Deuterium Depletion of who I used to, who I helped found, 
is we look at diff they look at different ways to deplete deuterium. Deuterium depleted water was one of the first things we started with. And then we understood about sleep and all these. The next thing that we've just created or that, that, that another company just created is called oxygenated water. So if you think about oxygen, one of the main ways you deplete deuterium is by breathing. Um, and that's the reason as you get older, you have to use oxygen mass because you need to get more oxygen in your body actually to, to, to remove the deuterium. Oxygen binds the hydrogen to make water. Everybody knows that, right? But it binds to deuterium first, that fat cousin first and holds on to it. And it makes what's called heavy water because it's the hydrogens are twice as heavy. And that water is able to be removed from our body. So the better we breathe, the more energy we can make. And the better we breathe, that's because we are able to remove more deuterium. So what we are now thinking about is that they can instead take oxygenated water and even make oxygenated water on the on the on the rockets, right? On the on the uh, when they're doing their space travel, and that way they can deplete deuterium. So that's what I'm excited about. We're now going to go to the next step and use oxygenated water on those ships and 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 with with astronauts instead of deuterium depleted water, which is very costly and you cannot make it on a desktop, right? But you can make oxygenated water. And that's going to be something that's going to help them a lot. So I'm very excited about that process. And I hopefully we'll start that research with them soon. And how about ozone? Uh, yeah. Well, ozone is another way. Ozone, hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Ozone, you know, gives you those three extra oxygen, gives you three oxygens. And what it's going to do, it's just going to bind more hydrogens per unit volume, right? So oxygen, ozone works by going into the tissues and attaching to hydrogen and pulling it out, right? That's the way it works. That's the way it kills bacteria, excuse me, bacteria and parasites, cancer cells. It actually binds the deuterium and pulls it out. That's really what oxygen does. And that allows the normal cell to make more energy and the cell that is, is dysfunctional, it takes their ability to make energy totally away and they die or in the case of, of sick tissues, they become healthier. So, but ozone works the same way as does um, um, molecular hydrogen and all these other things. Wow, that's, fa that's fascinating. So let's talk about deuterium and disease and how deuterium is related to disease such as like insulin resistance. Let's start there. Why do we get insulin resistance if we have uh, too much deuterium? Yeah, so, so what your listeners may be very interested in is that we created a, uh, that the, as we said, deuterium has had, uh, the studies about deuterium have really won four Nobel Prizes. But until we invented a test about four or five years ago, gosh, time is flying, maybe seven years ago, there was no way to measure deuterium in the body, no easy way to do it. You can measure in saliva and urine, but you couldn't measure what was in the tissues. So if you think about it, what you're looking for always is that you have your, that, that you can always think of your blood and the water part of your body as a river that your body dumps into, right? It dumps into it and that river flows into your urine. So it's a polluted river. Polluted river is what you need to think about. Now what, you're, what you want in your tissue is less deuterium than it's in the water, right? So you want, it's, you, you always want lower amounts of deuterium in your tissue. You get those lower amounts by, like I said, oxygen, eating correctly, and all these other ways. But when you have, when the amount of, when you can't get rid of deuterium, what happens instead is that your tissues get loaded with deuterium. And as those get loaded, it starts to change the three-dimensional structures of everything you make including your own bones, your own enzymes, your own muscle cells. They're, they're not shaped the same way because you can imagine you're trying to stuff more into this little exact way it's supposed, but you're putting something that's twice as big, a deuterium in it, than a regular hydrogen. So the shape starts to mess up. That then leads to things like you're talking about metabolic syndrome and those type of things because now you make less energy 
your enzymes are no longer as effective because they're misshapen. Uh, and even the lock and key mechanisms, the, the places for it to flow and go into are changed in shape so the things can't fit together. So you get, you get a crawl, you get start to get this puzzle that doesn't work anymore. That leads to this metabolic syndrome, which ultimately leads to diabetes, to ultimately turn into diabetes or heart disease, or, you know, even ocular, even some kind of eye disorders, because they all have the same basis, the same metabolic lesion. And you were talking about, uh, before we started, about diabetic retinopathy and doing some research on that. If you could expand on that. Yeah, it's, it's so great. I was telling Doc before, as a, uh, as a, as a, as a black scientist, and there's, you know, quite frankly, not a, not a lot of us out there in the clinical sciences, one of the things that's very big in the African-American community is diabetic retinopathy and things that rise out of, of, of pre-diabetes and this type of thing that you talked about, the diabetic syndrome, mainly because not only eating practice practices, but really having a lot more, we're understanding a lot now of having all these micro pressures on you um, that, have, you know, that, that we're seeing a lot more come out in today's society. So now we're understanding that it's not a, it's not a, it's not a genetic thing. It's really an environmental thing that's been causing a lot of these underlying disparities between African-American health and, 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 and non-African-American health. So it's very interesting that we now know it's not genetic. And this has been the first, it's been a horrible way to experiment to find out, but at least we now know. So we were doing a, uh, right before uh, COVID hit, we we're working with a group in England and we're doing a, a study to show uh, a relationship between deuterium and uh, macular degeneration and diabetic retinopathy. And we know what we've been able to find out is for sure that people with these disorders have higher levels of deuterium in their bodies generally. We're now doing a test to see if they have it, higher levels of deuterium just in their eyes. So we, you know, what we've been able to do now is to work with groups that already take um, you know, the, ocular, the ocular liquids, and now we're testing those ocular liquids for deuterium. But we're working with this group that's in England, and we're, we're using blue light um, in combination with deuterium depletion to reverse or slow diabetic retinopathy. Um, and they tried it with the blue mask alone. They did a clinical trial uh, and it didn't work well. But when we deuterium deplete these people, at least in the few that we've already started with, they're doing, it's really, 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 really working quite, quite effectively. So we're very promising. And the, per, the, the masks are interesting because you wear the mask at nighttime when you sleep. Uh, and a blue light shines uh, into your through your through your eyelids into your eyes, and that blue light is this is the light is a wavelength uh, that turns those nanomotors in your eyes. <laughs> so it's a very it's very interesting. Just like you're talking about red light, red light on the skin, right? That and, and near infrared and red light, yes, on the skin, but in the eye, it's blue light. And not red light. It's not infrared light. It's it's blue light that they interest. It's blue light. It is so interesting for for those. And we've seen, we've seen actually they've actually seen diabetic retinopathy be reversed, and they've also seen macular. They've seen some hints on the macular, but we haven't had enough patients to really talk about it. But it all fell apart during COVID, and we could move forward with the with the with the with the trial. But we're going to start it again. So we know for sure that having lower levels of deuterium is going to help no matter what, but we're trying to find ways to speed that process up as we do with red light and juve, uh, which is one of our partners. Macular degeneration is a leading cause of vision loss, with 15% of Americans being at risk or already affected. Scientific evidence proves that by using mesozeaxanthin, lutein, and zeaxanthin together replenishes the macular pigment and promotes healthier vision. This formula comes in only one product, MacuHealth. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Open Your Eyes podcast. If you like the video you're watching, please hit the like button. Also hit subscribe for weekly new episodes of the podcast along with pod winks and bonus content. All right, let's get back to the show. And how does it affect the DNA? Uh, well, that's a great question. So if you think about DNA, and we've all seen those pretty pictures of DNA, it's held together by hydrogen, right? So that's what people have. If people think about hydrogen, your body is 60 to 70% hydrogen. So understand that. And if you think about hydrogen, I like to think about it as nails or screws that hold things together. So they, those are the things that bolt everything and keep that three-dimensional structure right. So it's why we are able to walk. Without hydrogens, we'd be a puddle, literally a puddle on the ground because we wouldn't have any structure. So think of it as building a house and every nail that you put in the house is a hydrogen. So DNA is two things. Not only is it held together by hydrogens, but it is bathed in hydrogen, right? It's, 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 if you, it's almost like having a ship in a bottle. That DNA has water all around it, all these aqueous solutions. And it exchanges the hydrogens that are in the aqueous parts with the hydrogens that are inside the DNA, okay? So, and during different phases, like when it's dividing, it opens up and that's when those hydrogens go in and replace the hydrogens that are there. So if you get more, the wrong hydrogens inside the DNA, that DNA starts to look funky and that's the DNA that then mutates and gives rises to different diseases. See, this is so amazing. Gives rises to different diseases. And so, and again, when people hear what I'm talking about, this is not fantastical stuff or, 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 or science fiction. This is just the way the body works. You know, we always knew this. We just never knew how to explain it. So th this hydrogen is a thing that controls the shape of your DNA and how your DNA replicates is really has to do with the amount of hydrogen and deuterium, the ratios you have. If there's too much deuterium in there, then that means the DNA is open and it can't close, right? It's open. And if it's open, that means it keeps replicating. If it keeps replicating, that's cancer, right? That's a, a cell that, that just keeps dividing. That's what cancer is. But that's also what gives, that's also what uh, diabetes is. That's also what, what diabetic retinopathy is. All has to start with this ability to put a pressure on a normal system and break that system. And you've done some great research in cancer, but I want to leave that for the end when we discuss about cancer. But I do want to ask you about kids now are starting yeah. to get diseases that older people used yeah. to get. Why is that happening? Yeah, the same way, you know, it, it, it is, I know people, it sounds like I'm a one trick pony, but this is not, this is, you know, it's like, this is just the way. So now we know that kids, there's many things that are happening. One, they're eating a lot more processed foods. We also know they're being exposed to a lot of those, uh, a lot, le they're taking a lot less sunlight in because they're not going out to play as much. They're not getting that they're, they're, they're not sleeping as well. Everybody who has a kid knows that they sleep a lot less than you did and your grandparents did. And they don't work as hard. Let's face it, they don't, they don't have to go out to the farm to do work. So they're not exercising as well. So really kids are literally growing up faster. But what does that mean? That means they're growing older faster. So now we're seeing more children being born that even need glasses. I mean, silly things that we wouldn't think about. But it's just because even in the womb, they're, they're even getting old in the womb. So by the time they come out, they're old kids biologically, right? So with this higher amount of deuterium that in their foods and deuterium in their mothers um, and, and worse in environmental things when they're born, they're now aging faster. So they're starting to see diseases happen that usually happened a lot later because their bodies are a lot older than, than our grandparents' bodies were. When I was a kid, my mother used to yell at me to come inside from playing too much outside. Now yeah. the parents are yelling at the kids, stop playing on the computers, go outside and play. It's the yeah. opposite. All this computer work 
is this is this hurting the is this increasing the deuterium being exposed to the computer and the unopposed blue light like that? So here here here's what I tell people, and again, you can't run from things. And so it's not so much that it's giving you more deuterium, but if you don't have your systems, if you're not resilient, if your health is not resilient, then computer screens, COVID viruses, you know. Um, uh, parasites, you're start to be a lot more susceptible to these, to these injuries. So it's almost like having, you know, a, a camel, that, that old thing with the straw broke the camel's back. Yes, if you're not resilient, your deuterium levels are not low to begin with, then a, looking at a blue screen, for instance, it's not that looking at the blue screen is bad, but what it is, it, looking at the wrong time, it's, it keeps you from sleeping. And so since it keeps you from sleeping, then you can't repair yourself at night or it spikes cortisol levels and all these enzyme levels, which you can't see, but it's the things that time your body. So that's the only, that's, so it's not that blue light is bad. It's just, well, I shouldn't say that. Blue light is bad, but it's worse when you don't have, a, when you're not healthy, when you're not strong. So just like EMF and all these other kind of things. We talked about processed food causes us to get uh, too much deuterium. Let's talk about different types of foods that increase our deuterium, such as maybe nuts or fruit that we would think are good for us, it, but possibly they have too much deuterium, I understand. Yeah, I mean, again, I always say, you know, look, <laughs> it's so interesting when we talk about fruit and the things that we, you know, we live in a, a very consumer-oriented um, a place. We know that now. We know that for sure. And so we've been taught, because big agriculture has taught us this, that eating fruit, a lot of fruit is the right thing to do, that it's healthy for you. Well, let's think about our grandparents, right? They didn't do this. There wasn't a, you know, they didn't replace, I, I live in California, you know, they didn't, they didn't everything wasn't oranges and apples and, and grown year around. So what they what we what we're doing now, and if you really think about fruit, fruit is 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 a, is the real reason you have fruit and only grows once a year, is it is to grow other trees, right? A fruit would fall out of a tree, be eaten by a horse or an animal, and pooped out a, a mile down where another tree would grow because they're high in deuterium. And you can know they're high in deuterium because if you see a, if you leave a piece of fruit out, it will turn brown and start to growing and start to grow mold. That's because mold and bacteria and, and those type of things need deuterium to grow. So, so what I'm telling people is fruit, eating some fruits okay, but eating a lot of fruits is not what our body's made to do. And the only reason we're able to eat a lot of fruit is because we're not eating, you're not eating all that fruit that's grown in New Jersey or California, but you're eating fruit that came from Colombia, that comes from Mexico, that comes from all around the world, so you can eat it year round. <laughs> and everybody knows, eat a strawberry, eat it, it does not taste the same as it used to, because it's really made, it's, it has a lot less nutrition in it, and it grows a lot faster. So it is amazing that they are able to shorten these cycles, even these fruit growing cycles by having more deuterium in them to where you can have a strawberry plant that instead of taking, you know, 18, 20 weeks to grow, takes six weeks to grow. And they're just really deuterium bombs because they're just loaded with stuff to make things grow fast. How about uh, vegetables or I guess an avocado is a type of fruit that has low deuterium. Is yeah. That's very good. If it's great, so it's very, very interesting. Again, avocados is a very interesting thing because the avocado is mostly fat, right? And that's the thing about it. It's mostly fat. So the fat in that, in the avocado, and, and, and the avocado meat versus the avocado seed are really completely two different things, completely two different things. So an avocado is a little bit better. And when you look at a lot of vegetables, if something is green, that means it has chloroplasts, which is equal to our mitochondria. 
And if it's green, that means the fibrous part, the fiber part of it, has no has has low deuterium in it because the water part and the seeds is the part that has the high levels of deuterium in it. So these green plants make fruit and make seeds to get rid of the deuterium. So it's so you can eat the, the, the plants themselves are healthy, you know, and we don't eat enough seeds to hurt us, but that's really where all the deuterium is. The green parts are good for us. So that's why a vegetable or plant-based diet with high fat is a great diet. It's it's okay. I I, I know it's it's fantastic. On the other hand, eating plants that have no chlorophyll in them, that are not green, and we know what those are, the potatoes, um, uh, all the things we used to we usually talk about not being the things we want to eat, those on the other hand have high levels of deuterium and you really don't want to eat a lot of them. Like the root type vegetables. Yeah, some of the root type vegetables, you know, again, especially potatoes, but if it's just, if it's green, eat it. That's the, that's what I used to, I used to have to say. And the, with nuts, the more fat in the nuts, the better. Yeah. So when, yeah. So that's a very good one. And when you look at nuts, nuts are great. Nuts, uh, they're, they're great foods. Now, what we must understand is peanuts and cashews are not nuts. <laughs> they're beans. And I think most people don't understand that they're not nuts. They're actually beans, they're loaded with deuterium. But those higher things like Brazil nuts and walnuts and pecans, fantastic foods that have a high level, that have lower, high level of fat, lower levels of deuterium. Now, let me say there's a caveat to that. As we do more, as big agriculture does a lot of things, they start to take shortcuts. So they may water them a lot. They may use a lot of uh, deuterium-laden fertilizers to make them grow. So a wild walnut tree has healthier walnuts than a farm-grown big agriculture <laughs> walnut tree. Is that strange? So it is, it's not that it's a nut, it's not only a nut, but how that nut is grown. So if it's loaded with glyphosate, it probably has a lot of deuterium in it. Yeah, glyphosate, we have a lot of patients that have had glyphosate poisoning. And what glyphosate is, <laughs> it's a, a, again, it go, it, glycosates go into the plant to destroy the mitochondria. That's what they do. So by destroying the mitochondria, it keeps your DNA open, allows the deuterium to work better. We have a lot of cancer, or a lot of patients that have had glycosate poisoning, and we have them with deuterium depletion to try to reverse that poisoning. So would you say like a, a keto diet would be the ideal diet, a high fat diet, or more of a carnivore diet where low deuterium type meat? You know, here's what here's what's so good. I used to realize people laugh because you know I'm one of the one of the grandfathers of the ketogenic diet, but you know it was just serendipity. <laughs> mm -hmm. I didn't know it was low deuterium at the time. Now I understand how it works. So here's what I have to tell people: your body doesn't care what you eat. It's going, it just wants the hydrogens, right? It wants the hydrogens. So eat a low deuterium diet. It can be a ketogenic diet. If it's a ketogenic diet or a carnivore diet the, that is from animals that are free range, that, have, that eat, that don't eat grain, but you know, that gra eat grass. Again, it's green. It's gonna be healthy for them. It's from non-farm fish. Again, they eat deuterium depleted plankton and these things so so that's great i am totally i am totally agnostic now on diets what we do know is that we don't want to eat diets that have a lot of processed foods in them we don't want to eat diets that have a lot of sugar in them uh rather that's that's artificial sugars or even quote quote natural sugars um but but we do want to eat a diet that definitely has more fat in it than we usually eat. And our ancestors ate foods that had a lot more fat in them than we eat today. So let's talk about that test that you invented uh, to determine how much deuterium is in the body. It's not just how much deuterium, but the test also tells you how well you are at getting rid of the deuterium. So yes. let's elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, so if you think it, it's a very, you know, it seems simple now, but you know, at the time it was, I, you know, at the time when we patented it, it was, you know, it was incredible. So if you, when you breathe out of your, everybody breathes. So when you breathe out of your mouth, 
we know that there's water that comes out, right? There's, 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 there's just water, your breath. And if you're on the East Coast or some places gets cold and you've been a kid, you've been able, you've breathed on a, on a glass pane that's cold and seen condensation in your breath. That condensation, a lot of the condensation has deuterium in it, right? It's the water from inside your body. So that's the water that comes out of your lungs. So part of it comes out of your, comes out of your lungs, but part of that is from the blood flow of, is from the blood flow, and the other part is from your heart, right? That's what dumps into the lungs. So we're able to measure the deuterium in, the, in your lungs and heart using this. And we use that as a, as a marker, as a general marker for deuterium that's in all your other tissues, but it's only a general marker. So we can take the difference between the deuterium that's in your tissue and the deuterium that's in your urine or saliva, remember that's the place you dump it to, and we can see how much they're, how far apart they are, right? What's the difference between the level of one and the level of, a level of the other? As if your levels are high in your tissue and high and equal in your, in your saliva or urine, that means you're not getting rid of it, right? It means you have too much, it's, it's the same. It's like you've got the same garbage at your house that you have in the garbage cans. And that's the way you should think of it. If there's a big difference, if it's a lot lower in your tissue than it is in your blood, that means you're getting rid of it in your tissue. So if I look at it in your breath and say I get a measurement of say 130 parts per million, and I look at it in your urine or saliva, and I see it as over 150, I say, oh my God, Carrie, you're a hell of a depleter. You know, you're gonna live a long, that's why you look so good at 63. That's it, you know, that, that I understand that I can tell you this, this is the, the reason it works so well for you. Then I can get a cancer patient or a diabetic patient um, or, or, or somebody who has retinopathy and I see that no, there's only a difference of three. They have 150 in their tissue and they're like 147, 148. And I go, that's the problem. We've got to be able to fix your ability to deplete deuterium. We can do it in a lot of different ways. We can do it with waters, oxygenated water, deuterium depleted water. But the same things that you talk about, let's fix your sleep, right? That's the first thing. And it's a, well, doc, I don't sleep. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, let's fix your diet. Well, you know, but doc, I, 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 I love my candy bars and donuts. Yeah, that's the problem. We've got to get those out and just let's do this for five weeks and you can see your deuterium levels go down and you can be, you can know that after your deuterium levels go down, that everything, all those problems that you're having, those symptoms are going to start to disappear and mitigate. So, oh my God, I, I, I'm able to sleep a lot better now, doc. I feel so much, I've got a lot more energy. And you look at them like the wisest men in the world and go, yeah, you're sleeping better, you're eating better, you're living better. Now, what we can do with deuterium, though, is now we can use a marker that's a measure of health, right? It's, that's the neatest thing about it. There's no doubt about this. There is a correlation between your levels of deuterium and how healthy you are. And how does it uh, equate with other markers, such as C-reactive protein, yep. H, HRV, iron, that type of thing? I love great question, Doc. And that's what we use. We use 26 markers, including a lot of the functional medicine markers uh, that people use. Here's what here's what's so awesome about starting off the right way. Is that if you you can take for you can go you can take one of your patients, do blood tests and everything on them today, right? Put them on deuterium depletion, they'll come back and all their blood markers are now better when they come back. And they didn't do anything else, nothing else. It's just by lowering your material levels, that means your body is no longer the same body, okay? You can't do the other way around. For instance, you can't take supplements, you can feel better, but your deuterium levels won't go down. And so that's the reason it'll work for a little while and then it stops working. Now, sometimes there's a lot of deuterium in supplements. Well, very good, Doc. And again, on artificial, and when I say supplements, 
I really like herbal supplements, right? Supplements that are grown from plants. And you're absolutely right. Depending on supplements that are, that are manufactured, it's just processed foods. I mean, we keep saying don't eat processed foods and we turn around and we sell health professionals, sell bottles and bottles of processed foods called supplements to you. Now, that doesn't make sense. And let me go back and say vitamins, <laughs> and people say, well, what about minerals? Minerals and vitamins are not the same thing. Those are minerals and vitamins. We're talking about all the other things, and, and I love my brethren. You know, It's just that I would prefer that you use herbal supplements, and that is just to help something work better. But supplementing your way through a disease is impossible, totally impossible. Now, is there, do you have anything on your website where there's a list of, of foods, low deuterium foods and high deuterium foods? Yeah, what they will do at the Center for Deuterium Depletion, ddcenters.com, over there, Dr. Cooper and her group, they will, they will provide you with a list of foods uh, uh, that are high in deuterium and low in deuterium. And it's really just a way to figure things out, right? It's, it's not exact because we have to measure, again, like I told you about the walnut tree, a walnut is not just a walnut, right? So there's, we can tell you the, how to find the best foods, but if you want to measure in your particular types of foods you want, you can actually send them food samples and they will measure the deuterium in the food that you eat, right? If you have a favorite meal or a favorite um, um, a, a ranch or something you buy beef from. And we've actually, uh, some of our data has been used in, in cases to where, for instance, that, <laughs> I've, uh, Kerrygold butter is one of my favorite favorite ones, and they were saying uh, th they got in a lot of trouble because they were saying something was a grass-fed animal, and we and they were sued. We measured it, and indeed, a particular batch had high deuterium levels. So, if it had high deuterium levels, that cow was not eating grass, right? <laughs> so you can. We can, you can't lie, right? You can't lie. They even use this test. We use these tests to even be able to tell you where olive oil is grown. We can tell the level of deuterium in an olive oil that's in California versus one that comes from Greece or wine that comes from China versus wine that comes from France or California. That's what this is used for. Well, speaking of wine and alcohol, uh, is there a difference from California to France, the amount of deuterium? Which one has more and what should people look for if they want to drink wine? Yeah, so when you look at wines, we're, we're actually developing wine now. It's actually an oxygenated wine, so that's what we're hoping for. But yes, wines that are growing at high, higher altitudes have lower amounts of deuterium in them. Now, the biggest problem when you talk about wines, though, is the process of which they use wines, right? It's, they leave all the sugars. They, you know, sweeter wine has more sugar left in it. That's why it's sweeter. Um, but if you like wines, I would suggest using uh, buying a lot. We we invented a wine about about ten years ago, and we didn't market it. Um, that was had a that wouldn't change your glucose wouldn't go up. Right now there are now there are wines. I think there's a couple of companies that are out there that are making these low carbohydrate wines. Um, uh, I think one's called Staghorn, I can't remember. Uh, they're, so they're out there that they do have lines of wine that are more healthier to drink. Uh, they are more healthier to drink and you can go online to find them. Uh, when you look at whiskeys and things like that, tequilas, you know, uh, probably are more ketogenic um, than whiskey and scotches. Although again, we're, we're trying our best to use our technologies to try to change these things. So I'm working with another company that's making a whiskey that has oxygenated, that's oxygenated. So the water's oxygenated. So it's going to be healthier for you. It's really kind of mind boggling trying to engineer these foods because, you know, what I love about people and what I've learned is that we're lazy creatures. You know, we're only going to do so much. So it's up to us to try to make the foods and things we eat better for them. Because as a doctor, you know how hard it is for you to get them to change their lifestyle choices. I know that you've mentioned different types of meats, uh, grass-fed meats, some 
some brands have high deuterium, some have low. Is there any that you remember offhand, like Del Campo or Del, oh, yeah. that yeah. low uh, amount of uh, deuterium in it? Be yeah, Bel Campo. Man, let me just let me go for and I I miss the I I love the people there. The the owner lives maybe a mile from me, so we worked with them two three years ago measuring all their meats, and we started coming up with these ideas, and it was truly lower very, very low. I mean, when I, when I say this, um, it, it, there, you could tell the animals had not only had they, do they eat grass, but they don't drink water, they don't drink water from tap water, right? They only drink from river streams and the streams that they drink from are from mountain water from the highest mountains in, Cal in California. So yeah, I mean, I, I was gonna build a ranch and, all, and then I met the owner and went, well, I haven't got to do that anymore. You've already done it. So it's absolutely beautiful. So Bell Campo's great, but so are a lot of the, at the same time they're expensive meats, but so, but so are the lot of the, if they're grass fed animals, again, look for grass fed animals, they are lower deuterium than animals that fed corn and grain. Look for free range, chickens, right? Free range, non-caged chickens that go out. They made a little bit of grains, but most of the things they eat are worms and hacking through eating different, they eat a lot of grass. You know, they're just not fed in this cage 24 seven grain and corn. That's not a healthy animal. And if you eat an unhealthy animal, you become an unhealthy animal. Another thing is you want to eat fish. Fish are great for you. Um, and you want to eat a fish that's a wild caught fish. What does that mean? You know, uh, most of the fish now we're starting to see at the market are actually grown in pens at farms. Even if those pens are in the middle of the ocean, and that's what China does, right? They have these huge, huge pens that they grow fish in. It's still not free range. You're feeding them corn, octopus. They're feeding them other fish. They're feeding them things that they should not be eating is cheaper in the marketplace, but right beside that, if you go to Rouse or Kroger's or any of the, or, or, or Wegmans, wherever you are, they will have grass fed right beside the non-grass fed. The grass fed would be more expensive, but you will eat, if you eat the grass fed steak, you're gonna be fuller because it, it satiates you better. And it's also, you're going to be healthier in the long run than eating the cheap, cheaper kind of meat. Just eat less of the more expensive meat. Presbyopia, I have no idea how to say that. Presbyopia? Presbyopia might be the ability to see Presbyterians. There are people who are afraid of the press. I have no idea what it is, honestly. Presbyopia. A condition in which the eye loses its ability to focus. Making it hard to see objects up close. I've heard the bifocal, but not right, multifocal. I have never heard of multifocal contact lenses, no. Since I bought Safe For You, my dad makes me clean his boat. It's natural y es un buen producto. Every time I go back to school, my mom always makes sure that I have my Safe For You products. I bring extra and my roommates certainly don't mind. It's a good thing I had Safe For You to clean up after this little guy. When my hands get dry, I like to wash them with Safe For You. And most importantly, the reason why I buy Safe For You is because it's safe for me and you.